That's usually the go sign. <laughs> the middle finger is usually go. Uh, <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that. that okay. That's, that's <laughs> been the go for I know, literally man. the entire time we've done the podcast. Hello and welcome to Rebel FM. I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is Arthur Geese. Four years of that. <laughs> five years five of that. Five years of this. Flipping you off. Five years of flipping you off as a signal to go. Uh, Yeah. And somehow I always take it as like, like in my alternate universe timeline where like if there's an Anthony on a spaceship and we crash land and then like 2000 years later, humans find that colony. I actually just watched a Star Trek episode about this before you guys called. <laughs> that would be the gesture for hello. And it would be like this horrible diplomatic incident when our two peoples met. Um, a episode about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what do you know? Sci-fi writing on original. Um, so with me is also Mesh Anjane. Hey. Who watches Farscape. I do. My parents just discovered that show and really love it. I love and that then, show too. And then like the last season that they have on Netflix, it just dies because the show actually got canceled and the creators thought that there was going to be a fifth season. True story, bro. And and uh, not a Farscape watcher is Mitch. Oh. Canada, Canada doesn't like Farscape. They do like Angel though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Angel, which is so much better than Buffy. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, if it, uh, I'm, I'm like halfway through th- my season one rewatch. Show's amazing. Yep, <laughs> I've never. seen It's it. just crazy how much how superior it is in in every way, many many ways. Yeah. We're Namely, actually, the lack of. Buffy we're deliberately Summers. taunting someone by saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Did they listen? About it later. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just, I just love. Uh, now I can't think of his name. God damn it. He's the reason I watch Bones, too. David Boreanaz. Yeah, David Boreanaz. Too handsome to live. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> and it's funny. He's like one of the dudes that gets more handsome as he gets older. How I, bastard. Right? <laughs> yeah, I actually watched the first season of Bones the other day. Or a couple oh, my God. He looks like a baby. He looks like a baby. No, and then y'all you watch the new watch. season of Bones, and you're like, you are, you are like, if I had to put up a picture of, like, what did twenty? What did twenty first century man look like? <laughs> David Boreanaz. Uh, you should see season one of Buffy because the first time he emerges from the shadows, he's like, "Who? He's you're so like sixteen? What are you doing?" And then he bulks up, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now you look like a real person, real man." Oh, so you're saying that none of us look like real person, real people? Nope. Pretty much. Ugh. Yeah, even that's what yeah. you're saying. Even David Boreanaz at literally the lowest point in his life is ten times the man I'll ever be. <laughs> well, he does have he does have a functional hip, so that helps. he does. Yeah. Um. So now that, now that we've gotten our star talk out of the way, that's the end of the show. <laughs> I thought that's why people listened was for our celebrity gossip uh, segment. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. or predator talk or predator uh, talk. <laughs> so video games. Not that kind of predator. Did you yeah. did you played any video games, Anthony? I have. Oh I've, uh, I've had a little bit of time to play Rust and a little bit of time to play Kerbal, but I haven't had much time to make games because I was busy making one. 
You haven't had much time to play games because you were busy making them, and you're tired, which is why you screwed up that sentence. <laughs> did, I, did I screw it up? You said yeah. you couldn't make games because you were busy making games. <laughs> oh, wow. Time to make the donuts. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did play a little bit yeah. of various things and continued my science campaign in Kerbal, which I will say... Improvements continue to happen to that game. They've yep. made it so where you can't spam science the way that you used to be able to. Like, it was almost like it was like a really rudimentary system put in that you could basically trick into winning. And they've really been more aggressive about making it to where you actually you really have to try with it now to to actually get science. So they continue to impress me. And the really cool feature on Polygon really blew me away about that game. To 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 you know divert the conversation a bit real quick is this that i knew that that game was developed in mexico mm-hmm. but it was interesting to find out that the developer is actually you know he's brazilian and not i not that that really matters but i'm saying uh as much as it was weird that the company that ended up making it squad was not a game developer prior to kerbal space program they're just like a marketing company and so, and then they just let this guy. Yeah, you should read about it on Polygon. Wow. They they let this guy have a chance. They're like, "Fuck, you're too important to us. Please don't leave. Please do not leave." And they're like, "We'll let you make your weird video game." Wow. And, and so and so now Kerbal's gone on to make that company more money than their digital marketing ever has. So now they are primarily a game developer, and then they also have the side marketing business. That's amazing. So, and now they're doing it. Now they're doing a thing with NASA, right? Yeah, that totally has me excited. I mean, obviously, so that mission awesome. sounds space. insane. Yeah, and so the, I mean, that's what, and I think that's what's so cool about it, right? Is that NASA, obviously, a lot of the NASA guys are Kerbal Space Program fans. They've said as much. And, yeah. uh, because it's probably the closest thing out there to like a digital and approachable version of like space exploration that's yeah. like still grounded somewhat in reality. And, uh, well, and it feels exactly like the kind of thing that would be the appropriate teaching tool in schools to get kids excited about space and rocket science. And yeah. yeah. And, and like they're, they have a developer that is making specifically an educational version of Kerbal. So yeah. cool. I love it. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, obviously the, the actual NASA mission that we're trying to do in like the, you know, the next 20 years is to land on a near earth asteroid. And, wow. and actually like, I don't think it's a manned mission. I think it'll be an unmanned mission, but you know, instead of, I think the closest we've gotten to is I think one time we collided with one, I think intentionally. <laughs> well, start. I mean, like, that's a pretty big step in the right it direction. Is. Yes, so, I yeah. mean, that's that's meeting an object that's probably moving, you know, tens of thousands of kilometers a second yeah. through space, mm-hmm. and we hit our thing from our little planet into a trajectory to ram into it and gather. Did you just say down. kilometers? That's yeah. how you measure How about shit you move to Canada, you fucking... <laughs> how about you fucking use a, a measurement system that makes sense, you savage? It's because, you know what it actually comes from? It's, it's because I've been playing Kerbal Space Program where everything's right. in meters, first of all. And second of all, everything in Star Trek is meters yep. and exactly. kilometers. Because so everything in space commies. is meters. It's comp yeah. propaganda. The shit is measured in fives, tens, a hundreds. It just makes sense. And uh, so, so yeah, so, well, you know, it's really interesting, the idea that we're going to do that. So it's fun that since... I'll never have a chance to actually do that in real life. I'll get a chance to do it in Kerbal Space Program, which, like Mitch has said, right? How insane is that? I can't even imagine the math I'm going to have to try and learn to even. (laughs) I will definitely be watching YouTube tutorial videos on how to possibly encounter a near Kerbal asteroid. They need to. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say eventually when they do that, then they need to add like asteroids that will come to Kerbal, so you have to get a ship big enough up there to land on it and push its trajectory. So that it doesn't destroy Kerbin, you know. So, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, it's it's really kind exciting. of a limitless amount of scenarios that they can put into that engine, you know, sure. based off real world stuff that we face every day, like the asteroids. Yeah, but man, the the fact that they're getting involved with NASA and there's an education program behind it and all that fits so well together, that would make a really excellent documentary subject. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in supporting video game documentaries, <laughs> <laughs> there's a Kickstarter. Bitly slash Outerlands. Yeah. That's my um, company's Kickstarter, and yes, I'm pimping the crap out of it because I'm on this podcast and I can. Bit.ly slash Outerlands. And I think we all support it, too, so... Yeah. Well, no, we do. I, no, not really Arthur. He's just playing on his phone right now. Sorry, I was reading a horrifying story that makes me <laughs> super angry. Would it oh, make good. an excellent video game documentary subject? No. Oh. It, it well, then gives a good reason to like set fire to large swaths of Utah. Aw, good. Poor Utah. Good, good, good. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Beautiful state. Uh, a elementary school in Utah uh, took away the school lunches of 40 children and threw them in the trash after they had been served because their parents were behind on their school lunch program. Ah! Oh, my God. God, fuck you, Utah. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. About, well, not fuck all of Utah. Yeah, just the administrators of that yeah. school are terrible, terrible people. That's... um. That's the thing. And then their first statement was to say, we're sorry if these children were humiliated. That wasn't our intention. <laughs> you didn't think um, about that ahead of time? Actually, there's also no sorry not involved. the problem. It yeah. just said, if the children were humiliated, that wasn't our intention. <laughs> and then they said sorry on Facebook later. Yeah, that's wow. like the Beatles being like, well, we're sorry that you overreacted to our saying we're bigger than Jesus. 2014, <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> Outerlands. Outerlands. Bitly, bit.ly slash Outerlands. Yep. Do you just have like an alert system set up in your phone, Arthur, for, for outrage? Something? For, for yeah, outrage, yeah. yeah. It's, it's called Twitter. Uh, oh, no, I was uh, tweeting a picture because I had both of my cats on my lap. Wait, which is, Freya's over there? Freya was squeezed in right <laughs> I here. No idea. What is what that? What the sound? fuck is That's that? That's a little gas powered scooter. That's oh, I used to ride around on one of those. A friend of mine at the office had it. It's that got like cool. an I, I think hope I can you sound. hit a rock or a crack or something and hurt yourself. Yeah, badly. This, was in, this was in Irvine. Everybody else was in cars. Ugh. They can't hear anything. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, so I was, I was just tweeting a picture for a second and then I saw that <laughs> and clicked because I'm an idiot and don't like myself and want to be angry, apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah. There you go. So, what other video games have people played? Well, a bunch I, of games. Yeah, I played a few things that made me very happy, and they were both of the Telltale products, which have come out recently. I played Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 1, and I played Wolf, Wolf Among, Among Us, Episode 1. Yeah. Man, that shit is good. They have got a formula, and I'm really glad that they found it. Um, you know, like, I've been a fan of Telltale stuff for a while, but it was always, like, just so stuck in the adventure tropes, which clearly they loved. Yeah, I think almost to their detriment because the, you know, like I liked Back to the Future and I never made it all the way through all the Sam and Maxes, you know, and that kind of stuff. But um, it really was, you know, that second or really the third episode of the first season of Walking Dead where they just ditched all of that shit. And they're like, oh, this is about the stories. Everybody wants the stories. They want their choices to matter. Let's put all of our effort into that instead of trying to figure out like pointless item combination puzzles that like really don't matter. And that nobody's going to remember anyway. The only reason re people remember some of the puzzles in the first season of The Walking Dead is because they sucked. But, right. then, but you know, by the time they got to the end of that series, they'd figure it out that they could just ditch all that crap and have a better game for it. Also, so, the controls course, were poopy. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, they definitely feel better in this first episode, I think. Are you playing two. on PC? Yeah. Good move. Yep. 
How come? Yep. Uh, it kind of runs like dog shit on console. Oh, yeah, I watched a friend of I watched a friend of mine play it on PS3, and it was actually impressive how bad it hitched and loaded. Like, really? Yeah. Wow, that seems so, like it. That just should not happen at all. Yeah, you well, would think. Should, but you would also it's on an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. would think that they would finish those games more than two or three days before they came out. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah, people think lots of things. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I mean the so. Technical hurdles aside, both of those games were highly enjoyable for me, and I'm looking forward to the next episodes of both of those series. Man, the episode one of season two of The Walking Dead, that shit starts out uh, really at a really intense level, yep. and just never really lets it let you down. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, like the calm moments have that really excellent tension that the comic book does sometimes that the TV series was able to get to sometimes where you felt like, Oh, the, these moments are just the moments between the storm. And they're so satisfying because you know that like at any time stuff could just go wrong. But I think that they allow stuff to go wrong in the walking dead video games in a way that doesn't feel so uh, obvious and cliche the way that the comic and the TV show both have to me sometimes. And The Wolf Among Us has this really interesting vibe where, uh, I don't know anything about the comic series. Was The Wolf Among Us, the, the comic, was it actually it's set in the 80s? prequel So, yeah, The Wolf Among Us is a prequel to Fables. To the first issue of Fables. And was Fables set in the 80s? No, something? it was like late 90s aughts. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because uh, the, the comic book, or the, sorry, the, uh, the game. game. <laughs> I, I, Damn. I, I'm so tired, you guys. I'm sorry. Managing a Kickstarter is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, uh, uh, the game has this vibe that's, uh, kind of, you know, retro 80s, the way that the movie Drive has that vibe, where it's not quite an 80s movie, even, it's almost an 80s movie, even though it's a modern movie. It's like if the filmmaking techniques and settings and everything that makes like the perfect 80s movie just never changed and the technology did. Right, yeah, exactly. They just kept like, what if this is the formula forever? Right. <laughs> Except in The Wolf Among Us, they actually use things like paper to write things down on and pass messages and they have files and their phones are rotary phones yeah. because those are cooler than you know yeah. cell phones or digital phones and uh i just like the the vibe of it in general and um it's uh that uh that game doesn't really seem to pull any punches either but it has it definitely has you know that more um fantastic magical vibe and everything that uh the walking dead doesn't and I was afraid going into that game that that would cheese ball it up so much that I would yeah. find it unenjoyable. No, they they do a really good job of making it smart and really cool. Yep. So I'm not going to play Wolf Among Us uh, for reasons that I'm not really going to get into on this podcast. But for Walking Dead Season 2, the thing... I, I'm refusing to get into that game until I see a second or third episode because of how inconsistent the series was from episode to episode the first season but i, I, felt I thought like it just kept getting better each i episode. but uh, i the stakes and events may be ramped up and that's fine but for my point of view the characterization and narrative beats were really inconsistent from episode to episode that i didn't i didn't feel attached to most of the characters uh even like main feature characters especially kenny mm -hmm. because 
they were unpredictable in a way that didn't seem human. It seemed like just random changes based on decisions that were not clear to me why hmm. that would be the case. Maybe, um, uh, maybe that was because your decisions were random and unclear. Cool. Well, <laughs> I guess my decisions made that game's story totally incoherent, like for a lot of it. I don't know. Um, I, I, the only reason why I say that, and I'm just poking fun at you, but for me, I, I never felt that vibe at all in season one. I mean, I felt like anytime I made a decision and somebody's character altered in a way that I didn't expect, to me, that felt like the kind of surprise that can happen to you in real life when you try to predict human human behavior based off, you know, what you would expect as opposed to what that other person would do. Right. I just, I never got that. Like, I never felt like they were acting the way that people would act. I never felt like they were, like, my decisions would create situations where there was genuine humanity being demonstrated, except mm-hmm. in the first episode. And I think, mm. like, the high point for me was the, I think first third of the third episode mm-hmm. uh, outside the RV. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that train episode. My least favorite like, by far. I don't... Like, the train part is whatever. It's everything that happens before the train. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that part had genuine impact. Because, like, everything up to Lily? Yeah. The character that dies there was, like, the character that yeah. I thought was the most well-realized. Yep. Um, and that it actually invested time in making you care about them if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't feel like other than Clementine that it, that it really did that with anybody else. I don't know. I like every time somebody died in that series, I was like, Oh man, you too. Even the yeah. people that I didn't <laughs> like, you know, like I got, uh, I actually got really attached to all the relationships in that game, even the relationships that were contentious. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, like, with Lily's dad, the guy was an asshole, but there yeah. was no point where it was like, we have to put him down, where I was like, yeah, I don't like him, we're gonna finally kill him. I felt like this has to happen, and this is awful. Right. Right. Well, and what happened What happened in my game, I think we're past the point where we can really, I think we can talk about a few spoilers every now and then, uh, but in, in my game, in that episode, uh, Kenny kills him with, yeah. a, with a brick yeah, yeah. to the head. Was it a brick or yeah. the block of salt? salt oh, it was a salt. Oh, no, yeah, salt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Salt and just like crushes his head with it. And I was like, holy shit, Kenny. And that's exactly how the characters reacted to. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, I did it. You actually did it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and see, it like, had to be done, right? right? And and, and because yep. because I didn't commit to it, and and somebody else had to do it, like uh, I felt like ever since then, Kenny's character was destabilized. I'm sorry, if my take charge with. attitude made the story be worse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something really fucked up about that. If you the frames right before the salt lick hits his head, mm-hmm. dude wakes up. And he's not bad, and he's not a zombie. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Make hard decisions in the heat of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oops. Um, so, yeah. So, what I'm hoping for is better consistency in tone and character. And I think some of it is just, like, there were different writers for almost every episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Um, I mean, that's yeah. good, the good thing about Wolf is that Pierre is writing every episode. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's good for cohesion. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe that means that it's going to be harder for them to put things out on in time. Uh, maybe the the thing that the thing that the only thing that bothers me about uh, the Wolf Among Us right now, and uh, it's kind of a big thing, is that the only women characters in the game are uh, that you get introduced to 
they basically are there to die. Yeah. Are they their victims? Yeah. Hey, yeah, they're, they're dames only, they're, who die. They're well, dames who die. Sounds like true detective. Yeah, and uh, that's that's <laughs> yeah. really annoying. And I hope that's just to establish the the premise of the serial killer in in the movie like a Jack the, the game yeah kind of instead, instead of instead of establishing an mo for how women are going to be treated and in this the is like it's sort of a cliche in serial killer narratives that yes. women are victims yep sure and i get that that's the trope right and i can i can conceive of how writers especially for a video game would say well this is like the construction of this this is the conceit of a serial killer so they kill women so women are victims in this and people are trying to solve the crime, so obviously the women we have in this, they need to be victims. Mm-hmm. But it's super trite, and it's super shitty for women. Um, well, and the thing that I do hope, uh, you know, like the... In kind of my ideal scenarios, this serial killer is going after fables. And if nobody's familiar with the fable comic book, it's that uh, all the stories that you've heard about, you know, like Red Riding Hood and the Three Little Pigs and all that kind of stuff, or based off characters who were kind of in this, I don't know, fey world or whatever, and then came into our world and took on human form and have lived for, you know, hundreds of years or whatever in a neighborhood in New York City, uh, no less. At least that's where they all are now. And uh, But uh, they have to they have to get these glamours, which make it so that they don't look like they're uh, fable people, you know, because they actually do look like frogs or wolves or toads or pigs or whatever and so they need to get these glamours to make them look like people to other people um and uh the people that have died so far have been fables and so that's my hope is that like it's not just the fact that they're women it's that they are fables and you know i guess uh we'll see whether or not did you say his name's pierre yep i guess we'll see i guess we'll see whether or not pierre charette uh you know is thinking along those lines or even gives a shit yeah, I just like I don't. I think maybe Mitch is the only other person here who's watched True Detective so far. Yeah, not the third episode. Yeah, um, but but so far, the I mean the victims of the serial killer are women, and so they talk to a lot of women who are potential victims, and they're portrayed that way. But even the women who aren't victims, you True, mistress. True, True are, Detectives is that show on HBO. Yeah, yeah. it's the new HBO oh, okay. show. Uh, but even the women who aren't victims are there to serve as like character development for the men. Like, yeah, they're right. a foil here. for the male character. Yeah. Like. This mistress is here to show how conflicted Woody Harrelson in, in, is and how complicated that character is I and how so he's tired of this good, shit. but he's bad. And it's like the acting is good and some of the storytelling is good, but like they're, the women just aren't getting any, like any meat to chew on yep. other than being shrewish or being victims or like <laughs> being used. Yep. <laughs> that's not what I, I can't help my, I know I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Um, I, have, I, have, I have a terrible, terrible mind. Hi, Anthony. Hi. <laughs> Just listening. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm still really looking forward to the next episode of both of those games. I am I consider myself a Telltale fan. Yeah, Wolf is out on Tuesday. I hope what that is that? It, uh, is that two months? When did the first yeah, episode come out? Was that November uh, or December? No. November, because Walking Dead was December. So, like, two and a half months. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's nuts. Um... I wonder if they'll make all that out this year. We'll see. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. What else did you play, Matt? Uh, just some rust with these fools. God, rust. So you <laughs> stopped. I did stop. All right. Do you want to elaborate? I don't like the people that you guys are in rust. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. I. Like, 
I don't like watching you guys engage in that behavior. And it's not like, haha, we're doing this. Isn't it crazy how fucked up this is? You guys are like totally in character when you're playing that game. Mm-hmm. It's straight up role playing. Um, and your, uh, entertainment in that game is figuring out the most elaborate ways to fuck people over. And I have a plan to change that. I'm not going to talk about it yet. Um, cause I don't want to give it away on the server, but cause we have a lot of people who listen to the show who play with us, but, uh, Matt and Anthony and I are conniving about how to bring a bit of light to the server. Like, you guys have a Google Doc <laughs> of your enemies. Yeah. In that game. But not anymore. They're all gone. <laughs> yeah, to me, I think that's cool. It's a level of simulation and whatnot that I find truly intriguing about a game. Yeah. And, you know, well, I don't, it, it becomes important. I can separate my fake self from my real self. That's okay. Thankfully. Yeah. That's and, cool. and it becomes important because in a, in a game like this where there is no off, you know, the game doesn't turn off. Our Skype the, group is the continuation of Rust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the 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 con- the consequences of uh, your action and inaction are very real in terms of the time that you spend in the game and your capabilities in the game. So at that point, it becomes really important that if you have enemies that are making your life really really difficult, then you have to come to a, you have to come up with a plan to take them down. And coming up with a plan to take down a superior en- enemy. Does not res- does not involve usually direct confrontation, especially for those of us who aren't very good shots. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we generally try and make nice with everyone yeah. to begin with until so, they become a potential threat. The other day, I was well really until proud. they we become a deliberate that, threat. We went up to that one house and we tried to make peace with them. Yep, but we knew that they were going to try and shoot me and Mitch. So we asked this guy to go up there and negotiate peace for us. And the best part about it is <laughs> that he uses Henry. a sound wave voice the whole time he plays. So he approached their house and was like, I come in peace. <laughs> it's just, it was just so one of those moments. It was so good. Um, uh, did, uh, I wasn't there, but you told me about it when we were in the game yesterday. Is it like, didn't he come up and he was like, I come in peace. Give me your pants. And yeah, like, he, he always asked me pants. their pants. Loves and then pants. Then they threw some pants out the door and he goes, you complied. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's an interesting person, that one. But the, he just, I don't really get his game. I think he just likes to interact with people, which is fine. Yeah. Well, and, the, and then there's just, there's crazy sociological experiments that happen on the server, too. Like the, the one thing that we shared a story with a couple times was, uh, this guy, uh, Private Pansy, who had the crafting center. And, uh, the crafting center got built up and built up. They built a huge, like, they built walls all around the road where it was on and everything, so you basically had to come through their compound in order to get to the crafting center. And apparently one of his real-life buddies said, okay, my goal now is going to be to take down the crafting center. And so these guys know each other in real life. It's not like they're like, oh, my God, you betrayed me or whatever. Uh, yeah. But what ended up happening is, uh, at least I think, because I, I wasn't there, I only got it through the in-game chat. I mean, I like have an email the- here that is the entire, it is the, the record of the crafting It's the center. record of the whole story? Yeah. Oh my god, because this thing, it, it was a, it was a mess and it sounded amazing and, and, like, I just wish that I could have been in that part of the map while it was going on. I only saw it in chat. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get, like, I definitely am more curious to actually read that email at some point, even if we don't do the show, just because there's a lot that goes on when you're out there, and it's just interesting yeah. to see how, you know, this one guy that was role-playing, Mr. Nice Guy, has evolved his little group into this weird whatever it is. Um, <laughs> well, but, now there's a group of, like, ex-crafting center people that I guess, are are they the mountain people now? Yeah, I think they've moved on. 
Yeah. So. There's like a group of mountain people near the road at this one point that just come down out of the mountains in like cloth armor and bows or like, you know, uh, <laughs> or like with the pipe shotguns, which are like the first weapon you can <laughs> yeah. make in the game. And they just like come down in, in mass and attack anybody that comes along the road. Um, so I'm curious as I'm like, I realized the date and I'm wondering, have any of you guys played Octodad? Because no. honestly, that's the game I've been God. looking to for. I have so it. Long. It's installed. It's ready to go. I, I haven't. I just, I have been talking with, uh, Justin McElroy, our manager, and the guy who reviewed it for Polygon about the game for a couple of weeks. Um, okay. So I, I know just saw it for of the it. first. Yeah, I just saw it for the first time today because uh, Ryan was playing it on at the office before we started our live stream, and uh, it kind of has all of the charm that you would have expect by looking at the videos. Right. So the the thing about Octodad, and this is pretty consistent from the reviews that I've seen and the people I've talked to about the game who played it. Mm-hmm. Is that like the joke works that it's super <laughs> funny and it's really charming and like it works best when it's the stupid everyday bullshit mm-hmm. like that is hilarious. It's like, oh, Octodad making breakfast, which is or, exactly what it does. Octodad at the aquarium. Octodad at like the bowling alley or whatever. Like that's the kind of shit that really works in that game. But yeah. unfortunately, like it decides to turn into a video game halfway through. Hmm. Uh, so there's like platforming and stealth sequences. Oh, what? Okay. I, I guess I just assumed the whole game was just a variety of weird um, scenarios. So, that we, yeah, it's, it's definitely how it starts out. It's a gag and a toy that only works for about an hour out of a two-hour runtime. Hmm. Um, and, like, that's not to say not to get into it, because nothing else is doing anything like that. Like, that is... This is the only <laughs> game where you're going to play as an octopus dressed as a person <laughs> with a family uh, just trying to get by. I when think the, my, my favorite thing about everything in Octodad, and if you're not familiar with the premise, it's an octopus wearing a suit pretending to be the father of a human family. No, he is the father of a human family. They I get thought married. he was pretending. They no, because married. I thought the joke, and I thought the joke no, was... No, it starts. The first uh, scene. Marriage. Yeah, I the, thought the, the joke was that the they wedding. didn't notice, which no. would have the been wedding? way funnier. <laughs> the wedding, like, the wedding starts the game. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you, like, uh, you you start, like, in uh, in your room, and you have to, like, put on the suit and find the key to unlock the door. And, like, if people aren't familiar with this game, the big conceit is that, like, he's an octopus out of water, so all of the movements are really awkward, and it's, like... You have to actually use both thumbsticks to move his long tentacles, which are sort of like legs, and you have to make him try to walk by using just the thumbsticks. But he's flopping everywhere, and his arms go everywhere, and like and I not all his shit over. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like Katamari Damacy, where like all the objects in the world are real. It's wor- Katamari Damacy, they- like fucking quap. <laughs> Yep, I'm on board. Awkwardly. On board. I'm on board for that as a stealth game Um, that's 10 hours long. Which, again, like, it works for, like, half the game, but it sort of burns out uh, the gag and the toy, and then what you're left with is controlling something that does not control well, like, that requires some amount of precision to finish. Well, it, like, intentionally doesn't control well, because that's supposed to be what makes it funny. And that's, that's what I loved watching Ryan play this game, was that, you know, they'll, after you do the whole wedding sequence and everything, like... Just getting out of bed and like walking down to the kitchen is an awkward mess. But then once you get to the kitchen, it has an objective like make coffee. So yep. you sort of like awkward, <laughs> you sort of awkwardly like flop your tentacles along the kitchen floor until you get over to the coffee area. And, uh, then like, uh, you pick up the coffee pot and you're swinging it around until it hits the coffee pot. And when it, it hits the coffee maker, when it hits the coffee maker, it just goes slams and locks in there. 
And then like you're tossing coffee all over the kitchen and everything while you're trying to pour it in the top of the coffee maker. And then she's like, can you bring the chocolate milk to your daughter? And so he has to go all the way back out in the living room to give her her milk for her cereal. And uh, the whole time, because you can't just like kind of walk steadily with your arms just like held out in front of you, there's like chocolate milk going everywhere because it's just swinging all over the place. And nobody in the family ever says anything. I love they it. They all just stand around like, oh, this is a normal part of the day. That's love. That's true love. And it's it's like voice acted and there's a story. Yeah. and Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, like, it's definitely something that nothing else is doing and it's worth checking out from all indications. I mean, if I get an hour of enjoyment from that game, perfect. And it's yeah. on sale until the 7th for eleven ninety nine. Yeah. I think. Yep. So 12 bucks for that reasonable yeah i can deal with that no yeah, is, it, is that, this uh, it doesn't matter if you can deal with it because you get it for free asshole yep <laughs> <laughs> um can we talk about how amazing nidhogg is yes i fucking love that game the game is incredible i didn't think it would be as smart and technical as it is yeah that's that's why um i think i talked about I, i've been on i've been trying to do my whole pr tour thing for the for Outer Lands, so you I can't remember what I talked about. Pouring yourself around. Yep. For anybody that'll listen and give oh, you a little coverage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's entirely true. It's the American dream. Yep. It is. But uh, thanks for that IGN bump, by the way. IGN. You're welcome. I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, but the um, yeah, that's. I think I talked about it on the show where I was like, there's. There's complexity into this game to the point where it's it's a Twitch game, like a fighting game is a Twitch yeah. game. And it's it's one of those games where a lot of really unexpected shit can happen in a moment's notice. You can <laughs> yeah. think you have complete control over a fight. Uh, and if you're not unfamiliar, it's a one-on-one fencing game where Matt and I are running straight at each other. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to run all the way to the left and his is to run all the way to the right. Across multiple screens. Yeah. So it's not just like get to the edge of the screen. You have to run quite a distance. And yeah, like- there's basically a middle screen and then two screens in either direction that right. you have to traverse through before you get to the end. Um, but, and the maps are like really smart in terms of what they let you do. Like the map that lets you hide in the grass is really cool because (laughs) you, you see the grass moving, but you don't really know where the person is. And then they might throw their sword at you. Right. And you can either jump out of the way or roll or throw your sword to deflect it. Yep. Well, or you can hold your sword up. And if you hold your sword up, you can deflect the swords that are thrown at you too. Yeah. So it's got a lot of really technical, like directional based combat. It looks like Karataka. Kind of. Yeah. But it's not as like rhythmic based. It's more about uh, timing based uh, timing and reaction. Yeah. So if Matt does something, I need to be able to have this reflexive response that's going to knock him on his ass, kill him, stop him from stopping me. Yep. And, and you even always have enough time to do that. Yes. There's a lot of gameplay that develops out of it, too, that I don't even know if it's intentional, like strategy-wise, uh, or if it was like a happy accident of the way it was made. Like uh, when you, whenever you die... The other, the winning player, that's who can advance to the next screen. But at some point, if they get past you, like maybe they just run past you instead of engaging in a fight. Yeah. You can chase them, but it's almost always better for you to run in the opposite direction, despawn yourself yeah. so that you respawn and, <laughs> yep. and you drag them back to the other screen. Yep. Exactly. But there's like weird strategies develop where it's like you know that person's doing that, so you throw your sword like just a half second before you know they're going to pop back into the screen so that now it's going to catch them the second they yeah. respawn. You know, it's just like. And is, There's a, it's a lot of subtlety to it. As near as I can tell, all of that stuff actually is intentional and is part of the game design. Because uh, 
the developer has said um, that you know the fighting games are the inspiration for this. That they that the goal is to make Nidhogg, you know, kind of that level of competition. Not He's to where they're working there's... on it for like seventeen years, yeah, <laughs> basically. And not not that there's going to be like hundreds of moves for every character, but that you have to have that kind of that you can play at that high of level. And like uh, after playing it for like I don't know maybe four or five hours just head to head with people at the office um like i think that this game could find a home at something like evo even if it's just like a side competition yeah Yeah. i think it would be amazing because it's so thrilling to watch too like everybody because a lot of fighting games if you don't really know what's going on things can look really impressive but you don't know that that particular move all they had to do was a quarter circle and press two buttons at once you know sure but with nidhogg uh, because it's uh, just a directional and one-button game, you can uh, you can really tell uh, what's happening. And like, there's uh, whenever we have people around us standing around and watching, there's like, oh, yep. oh my god, what the hell? How did that happen? Oh, that you don't was have awesome. to understand the systems to understand that some crazy shit just happened. Yep. And the great thing is, is when you throw your sword and when somebody disarms you, you are totally not uh, helpless. Yeah, you can yeah, jump hand-to-hand kick. combat. Yeah. The hand-to-hand stuff is awesome. You can just punch someone in the face. You can <laughs> jump kick them, roll behind them, punch them in the back, rip that their spine said, out. That being said, is like as technical as we have obviously made it sound, it is really simple to pick up and play because it's like three buttons. Anybody yep, can so. play this game. It's crazy, yeah. crazy easy to play. I have a really hard time with a lot of complex fighting games a lot of times, fast combos and stuff. And yeah. this one, you can definitely be competent just by knowing how to attack and jump, and that's it. Also, yep. the goal is so. to get eaten by the worm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you win when you get to the, the last screen that you can go to, and there's audience there cheering, and when you jump, the giant pink worm, the Nidhogg, the comes Nidhogg. out and eats you, and that's your reward for being the best fighter. Good job. Yep. Because otherwise you live forever in torment. it's true that's what it is like so good all the people that are watching are people are like damned souls that are living for eternity (laughs) and they're so happy the only way out of it is to be consumed by the worm that is messed up existing (laughs) thanks keza (laughs) education uh i want to point out arthur that you said that your cat would eat that sausage so i threw it back on the floor now you just have sausage on her floor because she did not eat it <laughs> she was eating steak yesterday. Oh my God, she doesn't want this pizza. Wow. Yeah, yeah she's like, she's not slumming it anymore. No. Or, like organic fucking grass bed, grass grass bed, grass fed. I paid too much for its steak. <laughs> Your cat eats better than I do. It's a low bar. It is. Oh, I don't shit. feed her candy bars. I don't eat those. <laughs> Are you lying? I can't tell you the last time I had a chocolate bar. A peanut butter cup. Nope. Ice cream. <laughs> Last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> a donut. Uh, are you playing anything Three else? Three days ago. Uh, let me think real quick. Nope, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a bunch of stuff. Some of the stuff I played is just dumb that we've talked about so much on the show that we don't need to. Like, I, uh, I finally got Fallout 3 working on PC again. So what was the roadblock before? Um you have to go through a bizarre series of dark magics to get games for Windows Live installed on Windows 8.1. You have to sacrifice a baby goat. Wow. Um, Yeah. Do you think they'll ever release a version of Fallout where they'll just strip that crap out? I think there is a Mm. version that they did that I think it'll work without, uh, without games for Windows Live, but Mm. all my saves were tied to that. Oh, right. And also I like, I want, to get the achievements in it because like that's part of the way that i track my way through that fucking game 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it took a lot to do that. But the original reason I did that was to get uh, Red Faction Guerrilla, yeah, which will not save without games for Windows Live. Oh, well, geez. that's a nightmare. Yeah, no kidding. The the original the original good one, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. The and the PC version, like when the PC version came out, it ran like shit on everything. But that was yeah five years ago almost. Right. So now it runs great on everything. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a little Red Faction Guerrilla. Is the game yeah. as fun as I remember? It is. Although some things in that game just don't hold up very well. Like the shooting is only so so, and the cars yeah. are really yeah. sluggish. Yep. Mm. Uh, and I mean, it pl- it shot like the shooting in that was a lot better than most other third person games then. Yeah, like, it, especially it, open world games. But, yeah, I was gonna say it felt a lot better than most open world games. But like to to aim down the sights or like to zoom in, you click in the stick. Oh, that's always good. No. Because uh, the left button, the left trigger is melee. Because on the uh, with the hammer out, the right trigger swings swings horizontally, and the left trigger comes down over your head. Oh, God, right. I forgot about the hammer. The hammer, the hammer was the hammer. you get used to it. I love the hammer. Yeah, it's worth it for the hammer. Also, <laughs> there was one thing in multiplayer in that game that the single player didn't have, which was the, the rhino. rhino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah. You just press a button and you just fucking slam yeah. through a wall. Also, I had, I had so good. I had totally forgotten about the mechs in that game. Yeah, oh dude. god, and the mechs yeah. are fucking amazing. They're yeah. all just power loaders on crack. Uh, yep. They're all amazing. <laughs> just um, swing your arms, knock down whole buildings. Yep. Oh god. So, so I yeah, that's that's it's good times. Uh, and I wanted to like get some of that out of the way before like nice. all of the games for when his live <laughs> shit is broken yeah. completely on whatever july 14th date they said it was dying and then yeah i'm <laughs> just kidding we're not no no we're not, like, <laughs> we're not doing that like they closed the marketplace <laughs> yeah. like on the 14th so no like, they published a thing like on the age of empires online page in october somewhere yeah. in there and they're like as of july whatever 2014 the window against windows live will not 20, exist 2014 or last july 2014 okay, they yeah. set a date and yeah. then everyone reported on it and they took the page down and wouldn't. They were like, "No, we're not. We don't have. I mean, it's gonna like, live forever." So, Games for Windows Live never <laughs> bothered me. Like, I never had a problem with Games for Windows Live. Really no, it was just me. kind of clunky. Like, there was one problem I had, which is that you can't, you couldn't be signed in on your PC and signed in on your 360 right. at the same time, yeah. which is no longer the case. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because you could be on your Xboxes. Um, soon it won't be the case anymore either because you won't be able to sign it. So anymore. that's the thing <laughs> yeah. is that like I don't mind. Like I never minded Games for Windows Live, but the way that they're like taking it down is shitty yeah like that it's fucking bullshit the way that like they are taking that down like all the hyperbole about it being a fucking cancer on pc gaming that like whiny pc gamers started before like now they're right microsoft is making <laughs> them right yeah that this thing that microsoft pushed out there like is gonna break a shitload of games when they take these servers down yep that's fucked up yep yeah um so that pisses me off. It would it would but, be uh I mean like the the good citizen way to go about it would be to leave that shit forever. Well, I mean, I can understand them not wanting to maintain it forever, but it would be nice if the if they could work with, you know, developers so that there could be some patches for these well, games. I mean, or and the, like there is that's that stuff is happening. Like developers are patching it out, but I don't think yeah. they're doing it with Microsoft. Right. Like they're just doing it. Right. <laughs> um, but no, like fuck that. Fuck Microsoft. They put that out there. They need to leave it running. Like it's crazy that they're taking these things down. Yep. They're taking away oh, the entire ca- functionality of the games. Yeah. A cautionary tale to everyone of the games that we buy these days that have obligatory sign in services for their respective <laughs> publisher. Yep. yep. Oh, so Steam. Yep. <laughs> um You think you own that shit forever for real? <laughs> I mean, and Valve has said in the past that, like, if they take Steam down, then they'll just, like, remove the DRM from everything. 
And I guess theoretically that's what's going to happen to all the games for Windows stuff. But Mm. it's still like it's integrated in such a way as an authentication service that it being taken down is going to break those games until publishers fix them. And for some of those, the the original publishers don't exist anymore. Right. Like THQ used games for Windows and fucking everything. Yep. Dawn of War 2 will never get a patch. That's not so that's not necessarily true because Red Faction is going to get a patch. Nordic Games bought yeah. it and has said mm. that they're going to give it a patch. I wonder is Relic even allowed to update that game anymore? I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. It's so sad to me that after Red Faction came out nobody really picked up on the idea of having such incredibly destructible Cause terrain. Cuz they I mean they like if you look at Red Faction and compare the way that game is built to something like Saints Row for example. Right. That city, like, the cities in Red Faction are, like, just tiny huts. Yeah, their compromise was density. There wasn't any. There's, like, there's none. It's just, like, massive spaces between, between, like, clusters of buildings. Which is fine, you know? next year that would work, though. Yeah, so that's... That's what I'm saying, that, like, nobody's really picked it up and run with it. That's the thing that I expect to see this generation, are games with the scope of a Grand Theft Auto with the destructibility, or something approaching the destructibility of a Red Faction. (laughs) I so hope so. And, like, some of the infamous Second Son stuff is sort of hinting at that. A little bit. A little bit. Here's a destructible part of the world, right? and it blows up really nicely. (laughs) I mean, it's still not on the scale, like, on the sort of level of red factions right. destructibility like that nothing has been like that no. that is the yeah. coolest destruction in not even battlefield the, like, which no again which probably helps though that it takes place on the surface of mars where yep. they don't have to yep. you know until have very in, many things. until yeah. in battlefield you can go over to a smokestack next to a building and chop <laughs> that thing down like a tree <laughs> and have it bring the building down like it will not it's oh, not even god close. that was like my favorite <laughs> fucking thing to do like I brought buildings, down a smokestack and like the final mission had it roll down a mountain and squash buildings on the way down. <laughs> Incredible! Fuck like, off! Like I'm buildings in, in Battlefield, like pancake. Yeah. That's yeah. what they do, and that's cool. Yeah, and walls explode, and that's fine. But nothing is dynamic the way it is in Red Faction. Right. Um. So yeah. anyway, so I played some of that while I'm on my fit desk. My cycling little, my my bike desk so nice. i'm peddling and sweating my ass off <laughs> while i play fucking red faction um and then i played uh some loadout what's loadout loadout what is, is a free-to-play third-person shooter huh. that has an aesthetic that mixes like sort of action game cliches with team fortress yeah well um and it's like super over-the-top gory like if you get hit in the arm like it takes p- chunks of flesh away and you're like just gows like fucking geysers of blood <laughs> yeah but the blood's almost like it almost looks like clay or yeah. something it's really weird like um so i didn't think much of loadout looking at it but playing it it plays really fucking well yeah it's a um, lot of fun game is surprisingly good and the weapon crafting system which is like its progression basically is really really robust is and that where the microtransactions come in no so the weapon stuff is not microtransaction driven hmm. the only microtransactions in the game are in the outfits yeah it's character skins well um, that's it yeah it's like wow. dota where everything is there except the skins wow that's really um, interesting so like the weapon crafting is such that you can make weapons that suit your playstyle. Hmm. like i'm not i'm not twitch hyper accurate dude with a keyboard and mouse right uh, I'm much more about mobility and positioning myself. And so I create a bean weapon that I just have to hold down the button on and hit like over time to do damage. Uh, and it's totally viable. Nice. Um, and they've got like all the game modes like that you'd expect out of a shooter. Now, like there's a version of kill confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's domination, there's team deathmatch and all that stuff. And like, it's fun. It, it's a fun way to waste some time. Uh, the only thing that's sort of disappointing is that like, if there's one female character who is, uh, morbidly obese and blatantly sexualized anyway. So like, she's doing like sexy poses where she's like, like hands on her hips sort of seductively. And like, meanwhile, she's like drawn to be ugly. Like she's morbidly obese. She's got like a giant cigarette between her lips and a fucking mole and shit. And still like the costumes for her are like, well, here's a G string that very clearly says, shows that somebody on the team modeled this character's labia. Uh, <laughs> here are pasties where you can see her areola to the side of them. Right. Uh, so it's just really weird and gross and unnecessary. And it's kind of a bummer because I like so much about that game, just from a, a gameplay perspective, like it is incredibly functional and it's like the first thing that that studio has done on their own. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, that's super fucking disappointing, but there's, I mean, there's a player base. There are people that play that game and you don't need to pay any money to play it. And like, you kind of almost want to because it's much more competent than some other stuff out there right now that's charging money, like Recoil, for example. Oh, my God. Which I've barely been able to play at all because there are maybe 250 fucking people playing that game. Also, it's broken as hell and doesn't really run. Yeah. Um, What a fucking nightmare that game is. Those are not good sentences. So I have not had time to form an opinion on Recoil, but I also played some Strike Vector this week. Hmm. Um, so that game actually looks super cool. Yes, it does. So Strike Vector has one of the most severe warning curves of any sh- online shooter I've, I think I've played. Wow. Period. How come? Like, so it's compared to Quake, mm-hmm. uh, like in its sort of speed and size of arenas. Yeah. But it's really like, uh, X-Wing meets Descent. Uh, okay, I liked both of yeah, those games. I thought that you might. So <laughs> everything, especially you're saying, just Sam with you. So yeah. everybody, everybody has like this this sort of jet thing uh, that goes fast, like and like pilots like a jet. Like yeah. it, it's got pitch and yaw, and like mm. you aim it like you would a jet. But when you hit the space bar, you t- you hover like a little floating weapons platform, and then like forward, back, up, and down. Or, or forward and back and left and right are strafe and move forward and you can move up and down by aiming up and down the way you would in descent. Gotcha. Um, uh, so actually I wouldn't really know that cause I played descent with all keyboard controls. Okay. Well, descent had Weird. was it's six degrees of freedom, right? Is what that sort of sub genre of PC shooters was called. Right, right, right. Um, so you, when you're in jet form, you're super fast, but if you touch anything, you will crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will you will wreck yourself. <laughs> you are more of a danger to yourself for the first hour you're playing Strike Factor <laughs> than anything else. Uh, like, and you will crash over and over again. But when you're in hover form, nothing. You like you can't bump into things and, and hurt yourself. Like you'll just mm-hmm. bounce off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no gravity, so you're just mm-hmm. moving around. So eventually, what you what I learned anyway is that. You can fly super fast as a jet, like you can turn on the boosters and make hard turns, and as you're going into the turn, you hit the space bar, turn into your floating platform, make a hard directional change, and then turn back into the jet. It becomes your e-brake. Yeah. yeah. Um if you if you played the Transformer games. Yeah. Oh shit, that's like, yeah. the way yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you would God, uh fucking Starscream played you'd be so well. as a jet, <laughs> and then you'd turn into a robot really quick yeah. and change mm-hmm. and then like you jump up in the air and, and 
and zoom off as a jet. Yeah. It sort of channels that. It's not quite like that. God damn, I, I need to play some fucking Transformers. <sighs> I didn't finish so War for Cybertron, and I'm really pissed we about We need to that. play co-op in that game. You oh, can't play yeah. War for Cybertron. You can't? What? The first one had co-op. No, no, no. Like, there's a horde mode. Oh, oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, we should try that. Uh, so anyway. I'll see if I still have it. So, so amidst all this, sure Strike Vector is a multiplayer game. So it is a multiplayer mm. shooter where you're fighting other people. And I did not know that. Thankfully, uh, there are enough different kinds of weapons in this game that you can sort of find a niche for yourself mm. and fill it. Like, I, again, I, I don't want to be the dude that, like, knows exactly how far ahead of somebody he has to aim with a rocket to hit them with pinpoint <laughs> precision. Right. Although there are it's those kind of weapons awesome, in though. the games. And in the game, and you, you pick two weapons, one for left, bump, left button on the mouse and one for right button on the mouse, and it can be different weapons to the same weapon. And the weapons that I'm finding most luck with are things that have some form of homing, as well as uh, every ship has a, spe- a special ability that you activate with Q, and the one that I'm using is a, a Tesla burst, which basically causes lightning to arc off of my ship for like 15 seconds, and it damages anything that comes near me. So In a certain radius? Yeah, so what I like to do is get people to come after me and activate that and turn into a floating platform and swarm them with missiles. Nice. Um, Good. So, I, like, I am the trap. Right. <laughs> uh, and there's, like, normal deathmatch, but I think, like, most games like this, it excels most in team deathmatch. And mm. there's a domination game type, which is pretty fun. Uh, the bounty game type, I didn't have a lot of fun with, but also... Um, the thing that I'm finding with this game so far is that there aren't a lot of servers, and most of them have insanely high pings. Hmm. For, Gross. for me, like, oh, I feel lucky to find one with like 120, but they go up to like Ew. 400 or Ugh. 500. Oh, or no. the ones that have low ping are empty. Um, wow. It doesn't seem like a ton of people are playing, but I've been able to find games reasonably effectively. Is it online only? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is purely multiplayer. We should try and collaborate this weekend. Play some. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying it. That's that's a good idea. Well, I will be. We'll all play without you. Um. So yeah. So uh. But I mean, it's a lot of fun. Like it is fun. I think that. I don't know if it's going to find a player base. Uh, because lots of games have struggled with that. Like Tribe struggled with that. I don't know that Mech Warrior has a particularly strong player base. Um, and it needs that obviously. But right now, like you can have fun with that game. Um, and they are going to support it with additional content. Like every time this is super obnoxious. Anytime you close the game, it makes you look at this, uh, screen saying we're bringing new content on February 28th for like five or 10 nope, seconds. Fuck off. I already bought your game. <laughs> no, you didn't. JK. Uh, most, but, people, that's really annoying though. Like if you haven't paid for that game and you didn't get a code, like we were lucky enough to, then you fucking yeah. have to start this dumb ad it's, for this game you own. Kind of obnoxious. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Like it, it doesn't seem like it would be too hard on machines to run. It's unreal engine three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping with unreal engine four that PC games won't default to 800 by 600 resolution. Anthony, oh, it would be nice. They do in unreal engine three. Yeah. Yes. Anthony. Yes. Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> Hi, what's up? Nothing. Uh, so that was good. And I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I think that might be it. Can we talk about the fact that rust sold 750,000 copies? That's yeah. pretty impressive. It's really good. What the fuck? They made two-thirds of the money they made on Gary's mod already. How much is yeah, that? Well, $10? Yeah, I would 20. say that's the thing, is that uh, this is 20 Yeah, it's more than Gary's mod. And, and Gary's mod typically, man, shit. 
I swear to God, every other Steam sale, I see it for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've actually never used Gary's mod ever Me either, because it's I, a mod and a level creator. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. I've watched a lot of videos of weird you shit now. That's now that you know how to make shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe. My little brother was crazy into Gary's mod. He would actually come and stay with me, and he'd just be on Gary's mod for like. Did he two make days full straight. life consequences? Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh my so... god! I'm gonna enlighten you during the break. <laughs> uh, the half life, yeah. and death of Gordon from full life oh, consequences. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, it was a comic. Right, it was a web comic made yes. by made yeah, Gary's yeah, yeah. mod. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have Fucking seen that. <laughs> it was Gordon Froman, right? It was Gordon Froman. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I think they just call him Freeman. No, Gordon no. Froman. <laughs> it's so good to watch. I love watching it was, that thing. It was pretty good. Um, Get out of here, you ghosts! <laughs> no, no. See, you're thinking of a video. This is yeah, a webcomic. Yeah, yeah. I never saw the comic. Um, that I, he had I, only, I only knew the webcomic. Uh, he Man, shoot at the ago. boss. <laughs> so Mitch, can you talk about what you played today, or is that embargoed till it's embargoed till next week? Next, I think it's next Friday. Okay. Week. Um, we'll, next week's show, I'll have um, a lot to talk about. Next week, Mitch is going to talk about Evolve. Yeah. He played a bunch of Evolve today. Evolve? can't talk about it yet. What's Evolve? So if you have questions about Evolve, yeah, you should email nice. us. Letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Um, Not really, but I guess since it's before the end of the show, I would just like to, uh, even though this will come out the day before, I just want to announced that we're going to do for people who that are in the bay area at 2 p.m we're going to have complimentary beverages and pizza for an outer lands event i know at a place called pie bar it's like the number pie pi bar it's on saturday yeah Good. it's on saturday starts at 2 p.m and uh there's a facebook invite and you can see stuff on the outer lands page it's all about I it mean, basically you you have to Get the ticket and show up and print it so that we know that you are somebody that we can give the complimentary beverages and pizza to. Hmm. I was informed that you have to say complimentary beverages and pizza because you can't use the terms free beer and pizza because that's a big no-no. Huh. I mean, that? I, I... Because uh, you're not allowed to give away beer. Um, wow. You're allowed to compliment people with beer. <laughs> right. Cause, you know, so, because t- technically. This beer really compliments you. Because technically. <laughs> it looks great with your yep. teeth. <laughs> put, it, put it on them. <laughs> and technically, you know, Area 5 is buying the beer. Uh, right. So somebody is actually buying it because you have to buy it. You the are beer. the complimenters. Yeah. Right. It's like we're buying beers for people who come by uh, and want to just I, hang out with us and especially bring people who haven't donated to the, or not donated, who haven't backed the Kickstarter yet. And uh, we'll peer pressure them into it because we're going to have a laptop there with the page open. I, I, Matt, <laughs> oh, yes. Matt, I'm just going to throw this out there. I didn't think we were done with the podcast. I know, but I just wanted to get there because uh, sometimes I'll get to the end of the podcast and then I realize there's something I want okay. to say and I forget. All right, so I figured well, I'd say it now. All right. I thought we were. We had run out of stuff to say. Trans twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought we were gonna do some letters like we I don't, always do. I, my either my phone did not refresh or we don't have any. I find it difficult to believe that we have no letters. I, I probably it, deleted yeah. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to check. Let's come back and do a couple. No, I have to check and see if we have any letters. Arthur's gonna knock his mic over first. It, Keep it up. Because if over we there. don't have any letters, then we'll just stop <laughs> now. <laughs> I, brought, I, brought up, I brought it up, and I, uh, the last one was from January 24th. No, bullshit. I don't what? think That's we got it. a single letter f- that wasn't about Rust. Oh. 
Well, oh, well I mean, it's people from our server saying, hey, here's a fucked up story. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep, it is. It's not even so much like, hey, read this on the show. It's just them keeping Anthony and I abreast of what's going on. Wow. Well, But there's only like one or two of those. Other than yeah. that, it seems like it was all stuff that you guys hit up last week. All right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's well, let's take a break. We can come back and tell one of the stories. At no, least. I I mean, if we're done, we can just stop. I, I feel like that's a it's a downer of a podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, like, I don't think we listen. I, I they can't all we, be winners. Next week we'll talk about it fucking evolve, and it'll be rad. Yeah, but I'm saying they I don't, can't I don't, all be winners. I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we phoned it in this week. <laughs> I'm just talking about the letters, man. Like we never have not had a letter segment. Hold on, I mean, we absolutely totally, not we had are, letter segments many totally, times. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like uh, where we've had like long podcasts or whatever, we've been like intentionally. We've had a not letter segment, but we've never had a time where we've gone to go look for letters and there haven't been. All right, any. do you want to hear a fucked up Russ story? No. Well, here I was gonna say uh, I live in the fucked up Russ story. I know you my do. fucking <laughs> Skype window. Let's see. Well, this isn't for you, Arthur. I know nothing is. <laughs> um. Wow. Dark. Shit, I was just trying to look because sometimes people do send in the occasional letter to my my like personal email, but I'm looking so, in the spam folder. You know what? Now. Weeks ago, someone <laughs> sent in. There are fucking letters we, in our spam folder. We talked about this before the show. Do you want to talk about books? Someone asked what books we were reading. Okay, I'm not reading any books. I have no time right oh my now. Gosh, Anthony, what are you reading? I'm a terrible person. I'm, what I'm, Star Wars book are you on? <laughs> I'm reading to. I'm actually currently you reading that new Darth Maul book. I'm currently reading through a book called Whistling Vivaldi, and it's about the idea of stereotypes and how they affect human beings with the basic thought premise of why it's called Whistling Vivaldi based off of a man who found that he became less threatening, especially when he was as a a black man walking down the street, when he would approach couples in the night, he could tell that they would get scared. And then what he figured out was by whistling classical music, Regardless of whether they knew that it was Vivaldi, just by him whistling classical music, it like put them at ease. Oh man, I so find that, whistling like totally fucking weird. And so kind of freaks me out. The whole point, the whole is point of the book you is can't just, the whole point of the book is just about stereotypes. He can whistle. How they develop, how they affect people. Yeah, it's just interesting. It sounds a, like a good a, book. It's a, it's a science book. Man, nice. I think Kill Bill fucked up whistling for everybody. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whistling is just the song of murder. No matter what it is. Uh, what am I reading? Right now I'm reading, uh, stop, for God's sake. <laughs> it's so sharp in the headphones. Uh, I am reading The Signal and the Noise, Why Ooh. Some Predictions Succeed Where Others Fail, which is from, uh, Nate Silver. Yeah. Uh, which is actually pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, it's like it's broken into two halves in the first half. Chapters talk about specific scenarios uh, in life where predictions are common, but obviously have major issues. And so there was one on the financial collapse, two thousand eight. One on po- uh, politics and and the presidential elections. Uh, one of them is on earthquake predictions. Oh wow! Which is a particularly you horrifying uh, chapter. Yeah. Um, that said something to the effect of, I think. So there was a an earthquake in. The earthquake in Haiti, I think, was like a 7.2. Yeah. Yeah. And killed more than 250,000 people. Yep. Um, if there was a similar earthquake in Tehran, which 
is very seismologically active, it would kill upwards of two million people. Jesus Christ. Uh, and so it talks about things like why prediction there is important and why it, it absolutely fails and can't be any better. Uh, it talks about weather, like apparently weather.com rounds all of their, uh, predictions for rain upward by 20 to 30%. Which one is it where they just flip a coin? If it's like 50, is it, if it's 50, 50, like, fuck it. If it's tails, it's lower. If it's heads, we just no, say higher. It's, they always round up because they don't want people to go out and have it rain and say, well, you said there was only a 40% chance of yeah. this. So they'll so round better up. to fear tactics, man. Exactly. It's better for people to think that it's going to rain and have it not than otherwise. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, and there's the thing about uh, Moneyball and baseball scouting. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which was super interesting. It's a it's a pretty interesting book. Uh, and I just finished uh, Everything Is Perfect When You're a Liar, <laughs> uh, which is by Kelly Oxford, which is mm. like a series of essays about her life as she grew up and like found her career. Mm. Um, and like I would I would consider reading uh, a chapter on the podcast, but that's weird. But it's it's, <laughs> it's super funny, like super inappropriate. Um, really also, fucked up. A pretty yeah. easy read. I will say, it, it, while we're recommending books, one one book that is like will fuck with every taboo that you can think of and stuff, but reminds you that all human beings are really weird is uh, "I Love You More Than You Know," and I can't think of who it's by. It's by the guy that wrote. Uh, I'm bad about this. There was a detective show on like Showtime very briefly, uh, but it was like a it was like a comedy show, and it starred Jason uh, Bateman. No, 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 uh, Schwartzman. Oh, wow! And and wow. it was it was like it was like a really weird private detective show by obviously very weird and fucked up because this guy is very weird and fucked up. <laughs> so, but he deals with all kinds of stuff, such as like his weird stories about when he realized, like you know what an erection was and all kinds of stuff. It's very it's very <laughs> frank. It's completely brutally honest. It's like so weird, <laughs> and it just and it, if you've ever felt like man, I'm a weird person, and then you read this and you're like, oh well. Guess Maybe I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting book. I love you more than you know. Oh, and right I read uh, Nosferatu by Joe Hill. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Marty's reading that right now too. It sounds um, rad. So it's it's an interesting book. Uh, it's kind of weird in its character arc, um, in that it doesn't. So first of all, Joe Hill uh, might be better known as the son of Stephen King. Oh, um, literally. That's not like a, that's not an expression. Uh, no, like he is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stephen King and Tabitha King. Um, and he sounds, and by sounds, I mean his writing, his voice sounds a lot like his dad. Imagine that. <laughs> a lot like his dad. So is, uh, so is, um, so did he, does he go by Joe Hill simply so that he's not so he's tied not, to the yeah. King? Yeah. I think it's an Emilio Estevez kind of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. He doesn't want to be known as Stephen King's son. He wants to be right. his own man. Uh, and yeah. he is. I mean, at this point, he's, yeah. he's pretty well known. He's prolific. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, he's writing even more than I think his dad did in that amount of time. He also, like, he wrote, uh, The Cape, the comic series that got turned into that awful TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's a really good book. He and also he wrote Lock, Lock and Key, which is one of the best comic books ever made. I think it just well, finished. It right? just did. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, Nosferatu is super interesting, um, female main character, very flawed, like lots of interesting premise. I think the premise is more interesting than like the actual plot. Mm. Um, I read the like prologue. It, it spends a lot of time Spooky as hell. getting to the sort of, uh, like main conflict of the story. And then it just sort of bounces around a little bit. Yeah. But, he um, did that in, um, 
heart-shaped box a little bit as well. Like, but, it's a really interesting premise, and then the problem happens, and it's not quite as interesting as he thinks it is, and then it ends anticlimactically, and that's the end. Right. And, the, I mean, the characters are really well-written, and they're, they're, it's interesting, and the world is really well-realized, but, yeah, the plot is where it struggles a little yeah. bit. That seems to be... Like from what you've said and what I've heard, yeah. that like that's sort of his challenge right now. It's like, weird because lock and key is not that at all. I mean, lock, that's also something where you have the opportunity to refine a story from issue to issue over the course of sure. years. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's good. I would recommend it. And also, like I've just been buying stuff on Amazon that's on sale. Yeah, like there's every week there's a new set of books. Every day there's a new book that's on sale for Get like them Kindle bucks. daily deals. Yeah, Kindle. For God's sake, if you have a Kindle or an iPad or even read on your computer or your phone, look at Kindle daily deals. There are a lot of really great, great books. Um, like there will be at least one book a week. You'll probably want to end up buying. Yeah, it's like It'll, a Steam sale for books. It really is. <laughs> even comics. Speaking like, of which, the Humble Bundle right now is a bunch of audiobooks, and they're like really ten of them, and they're half of them are terrific. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's like some Cormac McCarthy in there. Uh, I have never read any Cormac McCarthy. Ah, man. So the road is weird because that guy doesn't give a fuck about form at all. There's no quotes. There's almost no punctuation. It's a super weird book to read. Wow. I really enjoyed the movie. It's, it's rare that I can get into books like that. One example is a book written in prose called Sharp Teeth. Huh. Uh, which is about werewolves, uh, kind of. In Los Angeles? <laughs> Stop. Everything yes. you're saying is... That sense. Well, awesome. and then <laughs> Werewolf's kind of in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really good. It's written in, it's written in prose, as in like a prose, prose poetry. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good. Um, well, the, the, the Empire... William Shakespeare's Empire Strikes Back uh, just came out, didn't it? Um, yeah. You're going to need to back up on that, that <laughs> and sort of explain what you mean. I do believe you mean the Empire right, Strike us back. back. We brought There's, him back. There actually, I can't, I can't remember who, <laughs> I can't remember who did it, but there was, uh, you know, like Star Wars for A New Hope or something like that. William, but it's William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Uh, a New Hope. It's rewritten. So, uh, no, I had It's basically Star Wars rewritten in iambic pentameter in uh, Shakespearean English. If you loved Pride and Prejudice and <laughs> <laughs> If you love wasting your time reading shit that you could be... Ugh, just read books. Just oh read my books. God, I love just read the, a fucking play. Yeah. He's got it. so just many read Shakespeare. If you're, yeah, but, but think don't about... Don't pretend. But it's such a, it's such a good idea it's because... It's brilliant. It's, uh, and it's, it's funny for five seconds. Why is it a good idea? <laughs> it's a good idea because, like, who tries to explore uh, iambic pentameter in Shakespearean English? Someone Nobody. Too much time on exactly. There. Wait, it's so wait. great. No, people do try to explore iambic pentameter in Shakespearean English. I think you mean in, in Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no one because that's yeah. a stupid idea. No, it's an amazing God. idea. It's um, really funny for like five seconds. You're skimming through and you're like, I know this scene and they're talking funny. Ah, ha, ha. And then you are like, oh, I spent $12 on this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book uh, that I've had open in Amazon for like a week called The CG Story, Computer Generated Animation and Special Effects, which uh, sort of plots the rise of Pixar and then DreamWorks and how all that stuff has sort of taken shape. Ooh. Um, but it's a fucking coffee table book and oh. on sale it's $48. Wow. wow. Those are um, the worst. Yeah. 
No, those are the best. I mean, they're those amazing, but awesome, they're so fucking expensive. But Forty-eight dollars, and I can't like put that in my fucking bag. I'm not gonna break out a coffee table book on Bart. <laughs> One of my favorite coffee table books, and this is relevant for people who listen to this podcast, uh, uh, is fuck. Oh, what the fuck is it called? Rogue Leaders. I knew the book. Yeah, uh, Rogue Leaders. It's a uh, like a, a coffee table book account of the history of Lucas Arts. Oh, nice. From like early adventure time. Stuff like not Adventure Time. That's a show that I can't even say that anymore. Yeah. But like the days of, of adventure games, like point and click adventure games, right? Through like the PlayStation Two era of like Star Wars Battlefront and um, kind of like up to Force Unleashed. I think is the cutoff point. Wow, that's kind of amazing. Uh, Rob Smith from Machinima wrote it huh. many many years ago. Nice, good job. I take it Rob that Smith. ended at the point where it could be considered a happy ending. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but there's a bunch of stuff in there about like that canceled Indiana Jones game, and there's mm. a bunch of prototype logos for a bunch of Star Wars games they were working on. Or oh, not that's working on, but like through workshopping. Like, hey, wouldn't Star Wars Han Solo be cool? What about Star Wars Dark Jedi? Like, all these cool game ideas they had that t- didn't go anywhere. Wow, that sounds like a book that we really have to like just buy for Frank Cifaldi to thank him for like being in our, our short that we put up. Oh, man, that short ago. was really good. Wow, we have a bunch of letters from like months ago that we never read. Because <laughs> of the yeah. spam? Or, oh, you mean just to get around it? Did just they go and get around to it? Oh, uh, well, that happens. They're, yeah. They, well, anything except good? for this show, in the past, there's always been more letters than we were, like, really able to read in one show. While you dig, um, I'll talk a little bit about Inside Scientology, which I think is a book both you and Anthony recommended to me. I, I read it. I don't know if Anthony read it. I'm Did like you? 80% through. That book is terrifying. Yeah. I'm only up to 1985-ish. Oh, God. And it's right when L. Ron Hubbard is at like the height of his madness. You are not even close to the real horror of that book. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. I mean, I mean... I mean, it's out of fucking control. That dude is living alone and like doesn't trust anyone and beats the shit out of his employees who he's, also he's... beat the shit out of other employees. Like, there was a, a one part that made me physically uncomfortable. It's like Rust and the I Religion. Ha- Dude, I had to stop reading on the train because I got so uncomfortable with them talking about the kind of torture they were doing to people where all they did was scream at them and like box their ears and shit just to get them to confess to crimes they didn't commit I think Anthony so they could ostracize them. I think Anthony would agree with me on this. After that, you should read Under the Banner of Heaven. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I, I mean, there's, well. there's a lot of like, like I, uh, Mormon, right? I have yeah. a pretty, yeah. no, fundamentalist have, church of Latter day Saints. Okay. I, I have a pretty, uh, patient and understanding like much more understanding than a lot of people in a perspective when it comes to a lot of religious stuff like i've seen a lot of good happen come from yeah. religion in a lot of the world but like scientology is one that i've i've a i have a personally i have a hard time with yeah time. i mean it's so. that book is really interesting because it chronicles it in such a almost unbiased way i mean janet reeman does a really good job of saying this is what it is this is how it came to be and then only has like minor criticisms. It's funny, that but you they're can, not hers. They're other people's. As she's going through, you can see her trying to be as objective as she can possibly be. And then yeah. there's a point where it's like, well, no, this is just batshit fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she does a really good job about keeping it objective. Yeah, like 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 even though there are times like she does, she doesn't even have to be not objective because she states it objectively, and you can come to the conclusion for yourself. Yep. it's not hard. <laughs> yep, torturing so. people not really good. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing about to me is uh, you know, like I'm no expert in religion, especially with only an undergrad education in it. But like, look at a lot of the world religions that a lot of people hold on to, and they're usually founded at some point on an idea of of some sort of love and peace at some point. And uh, you know, there are a lot of followers that glom on that, and I don't think you can find the same sort of 
history or foundation in, in Scientology. No, yeah. I mean it was not kind to of mention Scientology is kind of for profit. So, yeah, it that, was founded on the idea of kind of problem. Yep, almost like the Vonnegut idea of happiness by the kilowatt, right? Like you just pay for the amount of happiness you receive. Yeah, it's a good way deep. to get deeper in the church. Boom! Wow. There you go. If I mean, if only like, if only fucking happiness was that easy, right? For real. <laughs> so, anyways, those are some good fucking books that we recommended to you. <laughs> Shit. In a wide array, there. Like, yeah, that, okay. that was the, that ran the spectrum for you. I just so. finished reading Tokyo Vice. You guys, How's that? Should, it was pretty good. Um, I've heard that book's great. Yeah, I mean, I, there was something about it. I didn't feel I I wasn't in love with it, but I felt like it was really good anyway. Um, the writer. Jake Adelstein is a journalist who worked in Japan for many, many years for like the biggest newspaper in Japan. And basically it's the story of how he kind of gotten the deepest possible journalistic shit with the Yakuza. Yep. He, he actually is on a, on a hit list. Yeah. 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 That dude can never go back. Yeah. And by the end of that book, like he's hurt people and people have been hurt because of him. And like, it's just, it's a, fucked up story and the way that dude changes over time is really really fascinating you because uh, it starts out with him talking about being this green journalist just coming out of college really wanting to work for this newspaper and mm-hmm. working really hard and it's like admirable and the shit he does you're just like i don't know if i'd have fucking done that man <laughs> yeah um but it's it's written in a really conversational tone that isn't necessarily terrific writing mm. but it's really fucking good reading mm. uh and i that book's really i really do recommend it that book's been optioned for a movie but i can't remember by whom huh. well we'll see if it ever happens books uh options mean almost nothing until correct yeah. So, yeah yeah so I my mean, favorite books have been optioned multiple times. Yep, a friend yep. of mine's book just got optioned. And I'm Basically, like, oh, when I hear something being optioned, money. it's it's like a non-story. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, only because until there's a script and a director tied to it, no one gives a shit. Um, and yep. even then, it's like, well, when I see if still one of my it, favorite genre authors right now, uh, Richard Morgan. He uh, wrote a book called Altered Carbon back in like 2003, I think. Yeah, you've mentioned that book a couple times. Um, so he wrote that book, and before it was even published, it was optioned huh. for a movie, and that allowed him to quit his job and dedicate himself to writing full-time. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of the optioning that happens, it's usually the result of someone being like, eh, this could blow up, and if it blows up, we'll make a movie <laughs> out of it. And now we own it, and we got it on the cheaper. Right. So. <laughs> and then they'll just let it expire. Yep. Yeah, and then exactly. someone else will option it. Yep, yep. On the off chance that somehow, fifteen years from now, it gets picked up, Oprah mentions it on her show, and all of a sudden, it's really hot shit. <laughs> I mean, when did the first Game of Thrones come out? Is like, God, oh, I, don't God, know. Was, I think it was like late eighties, early nineties. Right. So it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. It works. First yeah. Game of Thrones was really early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> the first it's song taken that guy fire, forever to write books yeah. because <sighs> his books are ridiculous. I mean, and that dude long. knows it so much to the point where he's outlined the events of the future in case he dies before he can write them. But he also has to have like everything cataloged, like everything that's yeah. happened. Like he has to have it cataloged so he doesn't fuck it up. Yep, that's what you get for killing everybody. Can you, you imagine jerk. being that dude's <laughs> editor? Like you're like, yeah. I think this is wrong. Guess I better go read everything. Dude, the, whatever those guys go to fucking some sort of whatever the Wikipedia equivalent is, and be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I did say that." Oh, Anthony, we never talked about this on the podcast uh, about Star Wars canon. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you sound defeated, but okay. this is not different than what so, the Star Wars canon already was. This seems a little more draconian. So what we're talking about is that Disney has essentially said that all extended universe stuff is basically 
dead. You know yeah. who else said that? That they murdered George it. Lucas. Right, but I don't think they're like they're like that means that they're starting to pull in licenses too. Like they took the license away from Dark Horse. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, except I think, to finish uh, their the Star, the Star Wars. Wars, which by the way is fucking rad. Right, it's really um, cool. They've uh, they've uh, it's had... a comic book based on the original script that George Lucas wrote. Like the that was called the Star Wars. The Star Wars, uh-huh. where it's like the Star Killer family, and it's so totally it's got, like different. the original crazy Darth Luke... Vader design and shit. yeah, and like Luke huh. Skywalker's an old man. It's awesome. And it's Star Killer. Yeah, Luke Star Killer is an old Whoa. man. Cool. It's super red. Yeah, and Han Solo is like uh, he's way different. an alien. Yeah. So so okay. so, how do you feel about this? I think uh, it's disappointing to a degree that, but I hope that that doesn't stop them from still putting out books in even a non-canon expanded universe, because we'll always know what's canon in our hearts. And also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about uh, Luke, Leia, and Han returning for the next movie? Because all three of those actors have confirmed that they will be in episode seven. Yep. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious if they'll return as like them right now or if they will return via tron jeff bridges style yes. fucking yeah exactly yeah. If, if tron showed us anything it's that that shit does not fucking work <laughs> yeah. you're a crazy person and that movie is, freaks is, me out this ilm this is ilm though and i know they've been developing fucking crazy I think technologies it was yeah. ilm that did tron legacy uh, well i, I thought tron know. legacy's I'll spooky be... jeff bridges looked great right I'll when be... he wasn't talking I'll be surprised. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a few years since then. I, I'll, I'll be curious if they decide to go that route or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see. I've, uh, so far, JJ Abrams, I've liked pretty much most of the films he's done. Yeah, me too. Even if, even if I just found them entertaining rather than yeah. like necessarily super good. Is Lindelof uh, on that script? No. Lawrence Kanazan. Yeah, Lawrence Kanazan, which gives me more faith too, right? He wrote so. The Empire Strikes Back. Right, I, I know. I'm just trying to remember. I, th- I feel like I thought so, I heard that Lindelof might have been brought in, but. I don't know that Abrams would risk as long as it's not that. Uh, Orky. Oh God! And Alex, his partner. I, what's his Kurt, name? Some of the, Orky. As yeah, long Kurt as it's not Orky. the people who have wrote the two worst fucking Star Trek scripts in history. Oh, stop <laughs> it! <laughs> I, you know, I, and I don't know anything about the new movies, but I have heard about some of the casting they've con- been considering, including that one guy who, in my opinion, he's not like necessarily completely traditionally handsome, but he's like this redheaded kid, and he has a very Mark Hamill sort of face to him like you can tell Friday like, Night lights yes him and i'm oh, like that guy i'm like i'm like that is totally huh. ben skywalker like 100 um, like, percent like when i look yeah that's see exactly that's how i pictured him in my mind when i read those and books. you wow. say like that's ben skywalker and we're talking about them kind of ignoring canon but i think they are really going to pull from it i would fucking oh, love i mean there's love so, to there's see them use Thrawn. so much star wars shit how can they not yeah like, I mean, have it's a gold mine please yeah, get thrown in there man but it doesn't mean that it'll be they're not going to write the story of Ben Skywalker being like, and I will know, oh, that's from this book. It'll be yeah. like, no, he is Ben Skywalker, Luke's, Luke's son with this woman. Yeah, and they might, who might not even be Mara Jade. Oh it's my God. sort of like Heresy. The that the Marvel, <laughs> it's sort of the way Disney's Marvel movie universe is like taking little bits and pieces of origin and canon from different places and smashing yeah. them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Mitch, you can love the Star Wars movies and I, or the Star Trek movies, and I like the first one. But you cannot tell me that the scripts were anything more than trash. They were functional in providing no. the entertainment. Those That's scripts, all that mattered. 
they they served as things for the cast to read while they looked nice in front of lens flares. <laughs> Those scripts were terrible. I like the one-liners. Like, Shit, their the banter is really good. The first Transformer script is better than either Star Trek script. Shut the fuck oh, up. Oh Stop it. No Don't way. be an idiot. No. Come on. Are you just the being first, serious? You're just watch being the first mean. Transformers movie and watch, look at the script. You've got to be Watch it for the script. No, no, no. That script. I'm not saying the acting. Fuck you. That script has I'm a scene saying... where Optimus Prime sneaks around a garden. Yes. Fuck that script. Uh, do we want to talk about all the problems in the Star Trek scripts? <laughs> nah, I'm not saying they're Because that would be a three-hour podcast per movie. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Transformers script doesn't read like it was written during the writer's strike. <laughs> okay. So he's Don't Anthony Gallegos. You can find him at Chuff Money on Twitter. I like this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Geese. You can find him at AGs. That's A-E-G-I-E-S. I'm Matt Shandernay. I'm at Talking Orange. And Mitch Dyer is at Mitchie D. You can find Anthony's work. Uh, he's working for Zombie Studios. They're making some really great games called Blacklight and uh, Daylight coming out pretty soon. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to zombie.com. Or just look up the most recent Daylight trailer. It was pretty cool. Spooky. Not pretty cool. There you go. It made me feel spooky. You can find Arthur and his minions work at uh, polygon.com. You can find my stuff on area5.tv or bit.ly slash outerlands for our Kickstarter. Best thing you can do about that is just keep tweeting it out to everybody. Most of our referrals come from Twitter. And then you can find Mitch's stuff at IGN period com. I want to also say next week I have some pretty fucking cool stuff going up on IGN. So nice. keep an eye out for a... Uh, like in what format? Like articles, reviews? Uh, it's kind of, I'm rolling out a five-part series about the history of Ubisoft Montreal. Oh, cool, dude. With a this bunch has of, been in the work for a while. Man, yeah, Anthony's wow. read this like a year yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. As soon as you said that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. There, there is a it's lot finally of, happening. And yeah. there is a lot of crazy shit that has gone down with that company over yeah. the years and their properties. This should be a really good read. Yeah, and the, uh, the first one is about this, the kind of the secret origins of Splinter Cell, where that game came from, Ooh. what it was. May or may not have been a James Bond pitch at one point in time. Wow. That's oh, we got this Clancy thing laying around. As I've learned through video games and working in them, pitches sometimes, I, from what I understand, it's not uncommon for a company to send out like the same pitch to eight different people <laughs> with the lead character swapped out to whatever licenses they yep. own oh, and yeah. be like, yes, do you like it? No? <laughs> oh, right. That totally makes sense to me. Well, you can send us your letters so that we actually have some to read next week to letters at each-sleep-game.com. And uh, did I forget anything in the sign-off, Anthony? Be good to one another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my, think, my words of wisdom to end this week's show. <laughs> hey, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Are, what's your uh, Tumblr address? Uh, Oh, you mean my 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 uh, Google blog? Oh God, is it really Google blog? What? I just you did fucking it savage. Can we rewind I, one? I didn't know this was a thing. Two Google has blogs. Yeah, I blog just did spot. it because. Yeah, oh, they bought blogs. I just didn't know it was called blog? Google blog. Oh uh, well, I tweeted it out earlier, but it's called those. The URL is really dumb, but I called it among the gray and it's kind of where I was t- writing about some of my stuff of dealing with. There's uh, a really interesting post on OCD. OCD. Oh, did you put that up? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Ryan Scott edited it for me to yeah, make nice. sense good, of good, my good. madness. Um, that came in at 1 a.m., and I was not going to edit that for you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this in the morning, and then I went I to bed. Anyways, <laughs> I guess my thing is, uh, remember that you can never figure a person out from a few minutes. 
That's my my words of wisdom. That's too. a good so, one. So it's my favorite one. So don't let that sit with you forever, based on one interaction. We out. Matt, how much, much pizza did you eat, Matt? Uh, Shut up! <laughs> I didn't eat any pizza, actually. Oh, Matt, these good. guys ate all of the pizza. I just watched them. I offered uh, to buy you some fucking pizza. And I didn't eat any of it because oh, I'm a not a giant fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch isn't that big. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not giant, certainly. <laughs> Look at this! <laughs> it's disgusting! Is there something in your pocket? <laughs> Where? It's, that's just your stomach. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, do you know where the stomach is? Is in that my a pocket? Fanny pack? Oh, my God. <laughs> Mitch has got God's fanny uh, pack. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I carry all my love. Aw. That's an awful lot of love, Mitch. That seems like misleading in size <laughs> for quantity of love. No. Um, I've, like, God, I have an infinite amount of love. A lot of love. Stop. Anthony, you can hear us okay still. Oh, you guys sound really You good. look really pumped to do this. Yeah! Woo! Let's you were, do like, it! Fist pumping and like, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's bro. Let's ready. bro this up. Getting myself ready. Cue punk right, music. One, two, three. Um, alright, I think. Bro. Damn it, I can hear that fucking whine in the background of Anthony's thing. I- yep. Mm-hmm. Anthony, speak for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Hello, 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 hello. Hello? Hello? (laughs) Speak again. Hi, everybody. No, you're still too fucking well, if, things he and can, things and things and things. But and he things can be quiet things. in our. He can be kind of quiet no. to us if we're getting his audio, though, right? Even yeah. if we get his audio separately, it's still going to have that hum in it. That oh. that high pitched interference. Oh, right, of it. course. And do I use broken, or are you guys just aware of audio things? I don't understand. All right, everybody, stop talking. Mitch, listen. Oh, that like fuzz. Yeah, mm. that's. Uh, I think it's actually power line noise coming from Anthony's. Wow. Uh, Mike, 
like coming from his outlets into his computer huh. or wherever his mic is connected. Oh yeah, okay. We talked about this last week. Yeah, it's like happened to us ago. before on the show, <clears throat> um, and it happened when we were getting dirty power. Got, off I was gonna outlet. say you got that dirty power. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we just need to buy Anthony like something that'll clean the power coming what? out of his outlet. Q-tips. As I said, did they Q-tips? Sell do they I sell think power? They do. There's uh there's power strips that have uh like power cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if capacitor is the right term, but they have like, you know, shit in them that uh that like clean up my power. It like takes the it it like the power comes in, it provides a bit of a roadblock and builds it up before it pushes it out when it pushes it out Hi, the signal's Freya. clean. <sighs> really? That's, really? That's hers plan. now. This is your plan. This is a bad plan. <laughs> it's the sound of All right. feline abuse. Well, we're not going to fix it tonight. Should we just get started? Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to stop yeah. this.